0: John Lim here, and we're moving forward with Pam Rosso, an award-winning freelance writer and blogger who is on a mission to help go-getters spark fresh content one word at a time. Her work has been featured in many different places, including SparkHire, Interview.com, CareerBright, and many more. How are you today, Pam?
1: I'm great and I'm excited to be here. <laughs>
0: Likewise, I am so excited to have you on the show and share a little bit of your career journey and some really cool knowledge bursts on getting started as a freelance writer. So, Pam, tell us a little bit about yourself. Share a little bit of your story and your career journey.
1: Perfect. My my journey actually started when I was four years old wow. <laughs> as a writer. So when I was four, I would hole up in my bedroom, and I had a Panasonic cassette re- recorder. Oh, my that gosh. I would, Before <laughs> I could right. write, I would record stories. Oh, and that is great. At that point, that's actually when I decided I was going to become a writer.
0: Really? Um, oh, that's amazing. I, I was, love that. I mean, how did you, at such a young age, how did you discover, I mean, that is actually a great hack for a lot of writers today is to actually record it before you write it. And yes. I, I know plenty of writers who actually do that. So how did you discover that at age four?
1: I think my grandpa actually was the one he always supported me with writing. Like I started when I was two, even
0: oh my God. drawing
1: stories. Wow. Um, and then my grandpa gave me the cassette. It was I'm dating myself now, but it was like that recorder, <laughs> well that's and okay. I
0: mean, it's like today it'd be your iPhone, yeah but, I mean it's, it's the fun. same exactly. the principles the same I mean that's fantastic the same so,
1: idea, yeah, and you can do that nowadays. It's so easy with apps on your phone or with the computer, but back then
0: it was the- <laughs> that's great, and so fill in the gaps a little bit, Pam, so i you know okay. growing up, it sounds like you you got into writing at a very young age,
1: yes, got into writing. When I was very young, continued like in elementary school through high school. I was um, on the school newspaper wow. and wrote for their literary magazine. I ended up my career route went a little like took a little curve.
0: Oh yeah, I as, went they, to as the best stories they always do, don't they? <laughs> There's
1: a curve, and I basically was majoring in sociology and then ended up getting married, Mm -hmm. put my education on hold for a while, was raising my kids. And then I went back to school as a non-traditional student after my divorce. Mm -hmm. And during that time period for fun, I was like, you know what, I'm going to write some op-eds for a local newspaper and just, just to play around, you know, and the editor got in touch with me after writing so many columns and she was like, you know what? I should pay you for this. And that was the first time that I got a check for writing and like in the mail, I have the sub somewhere. I have to ask
0: you. So, you know, I'm curious, how did you go from, you know, writing throughout your formative years to becoming a sociology major? I know that you do writing in sociology, but uh, what made you decide to go that route as opposed to becoming an English major or a journalism major?
1: I, I, I sampled some journalism classes at the time. That's what's great about college, yeah. you can explore, you know, when you're when you're taking your electives. And the journalism at the time, I thought was so cut and dry. Oh, yeah. It was just very cut and dry and at that point in my life I I was writing creatively and it just it was it just wasn't a good fit. Yeah. And, and so- sociology yeah, it's, it's like so
0: funny. I mean, because I had Monica Miller on earlier, and she talked about the same thing. I mean, she is, but she'd been writing during her formative years, she became yes. a, a writing major in college, and she said it killed her creativity. Yes.
1: And some, you know what, it can do that. And yeah. I, I found that I didn't want to go that route at that point. Yeah. I, I was passionate about sociology, I was able to get to understand people better and society better. And I felt like I can incorporate that with writing.
0: Definitely. Definitely.
1: That's actually a tip that sometimes if you choose a particular career that you are apt or you something that you're passionate about that you love doing and you decide on a career path or you take the classes and you get the major it can sometimes kill it a little. Bit.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it, it can. <laughs> so you got. Let's flash back, or flash forward, okay. rather. So you're getting paid for your your journalism, your op eds and stuff. And yeah, I mean, what was that feeling like for you?
1: It was amazing. It was. I like I said, when I got the first check in the mail for fifty dollars for an article, I was like, oh my gosh, like doing something for fun that I enjoyed. And I got paid for wow. it. Wow!
0: Uh, it's such a novel concept, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it is, and it's like we can actually do this for a career, you know. Yeah. Um, I do have a little other route that I went that I'll oh I'll, definitely tell you yeah, yeah, about. Please. That kind of so when I was going to school as a nontraditional student, I was I ended up finishing up my sociology degree, but I also delved immediately into English and writing classes, mm-hmm. and at that point. So many years later, I was ready to learn as much as I could about writing. Yeah, I had some fantastic professors. I honed my skills, and I really believe at that point, you know, I was I just absorbed it all. That's great. So I was able to learn, and and then while I was at my university, they had a peace studies essay contest where you could win. I didn't know at the time, but it was a private audience with the Dalai Lama. And I entered that contest. I finished my essay before midnight like when it was due and found out the next day that I had won a private <laughs> audience with the Dalai Lama. You
0: couldn't have scripted a better story, actually finishing it under the wire at midnight, Pam. Oh,
1: before midnight. And she called me in Walgreens to tell me, by the way, you've won. And I think I was shrieking in the oh drugs. Oh my gosh. I, I never
0: thought I would hear a story with Dalai Lama and Walgreens. <laughs> I, I, that's fantastic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it was so amazing. So I got to meet the Dalai Lama that was a big perk with writing as well. Like something I associated with writing and then, wow, like a life experience that I never could have imagined in a million years. And then finished up school with the sociology, um, with a lot of English classes under my belt. And then I was actually hired to write a book after college and I did, but, but there was a learning curve. And when you're, starting into it as a career, there's a lot you don't know. Mm-hmm. And I'm the type who I do it. I just yeah. go for it, do it. The the final product and outcome with the edit, um, it's not something that it, it was really, <laughs> it left a lot to be desired. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. But the process was a great experience. Yeah. And it was neat to me. And then on the heels of that, I was able to, I jumped right into content writing and copywriting. And that's where I received tons of experience writing verticals and evergreen content and blogging and for higher education, which a topic that I'm passionate about.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, talk about your foray into blogging. I mean, uh, was this a completely new medium for you? I mean, yes. yeah. Yes,
1: it really honestly was. I, again, like I said, I've written my whole life but never blogging Mm -hmm. and again was just contacted by someone I knew from school and was like, Hey, we've got this position uh, as a freelance writer and we need, we need you to blog. So I basically helped build up two of this company's um, blog sites and I loved it. It was an instant fit. It was perfect. And it wasn't so much of a learning curve because um, I had the experience with writing from school and then higher ed again. Just love the subject. And I think that's another key takeaway is that if you're really passionate about the topic that you choose to write about, it's going to be, it's not going to feel like work.
0: Yeah. it's The words I mean, will easier,
1: right? Yeah, You've got deadlines. You've got all these things. You have to invoice all the technicalities of being a freelance writer. But if you love it, it says a lot about career you know yeah, and definitely
0: definitely well Pam I really appreciate that but you know like any great story you know we're going to face challenges and setbacks yes. along the way so I was wondering if you could share with our listeners especially as you were coming into your own as a freelance writer and then a blogger I mean did you have any bumps in the road were there any
1: I did I had a setbacks? lot of bumps
0: yeah <laughs> were there any in particular that you want to share with our listeners There's today
1: fun. yes and it actually wasn't too long ago so after the higher ed content, I ended up writing and editing. I got into some editing for beauty content, oh, wow. and was writing a lot of legal content. Okay, tons of articles for legal content. Um, and what I realized, and it was more of the content mill work. I was writing hundreds of articles about. Medical devices that could shred uterine fibroids and would spray cancerous cells and defective airbags that would rupture, killing vehicle op- wow. occupants and, you know, burning children mm. with you know, these defective toys. And at that point, I realized I was miserable. Ugh. I was absolutely miserable. And I, I had, I, mean, I was done. We're not talking done. about happy content there. No. And I did it for over a year. And I just got to the point where it tied into my. Ties into my just where things fell apart. I yeah. I couldn't do it anymore. Mm. I I was done. And and the other thing that I realized I didn't have a light bulb moment where I just said, um, you know, this is it. It was more of over the last couple of years realizing that I owed it to myself to break away from restrictive contracts. That they kind of they just stifle you as writers. Yeah. When, when you're just working in this content mill frame of mind, um and I wasn't a newbie. I've been doing this for you know seven or eight years, and I was still stuck in this feeling of just you know that I read an article not too long ago where he talked about a scarcity framework, mm-hmm. a mental framework yeah. for writers and other creatives, it's not just writers, where You find yourself, it's like feast or famine. You're worried that the the work isn't going to be there. So you take these gigs where you're writing for mills and you're in these stranglehold contracts and you end up overworked, stressed out and you're unhappy Mm -hmm. and you're unable to pursue more meaningful work because you're so swamped, you know, with this particular type of work and it's not sustainable. I yeah. mean, that's ultimately well, what I found out.
0: Well, Pam, for our listeners who may not be familiar with this, I mean, what exactly is a writing mill? Can you can you define some of the some of the terminology? Yeah, terminology.
1: A content mill is basically you're churning out hundreds and hundreds of articles, typically for very little pay. There can be keyword stuffing, like for SEO purposes, and it's for particular sites, and it's on generally a particular topic and you're you're just slamming out the work you're mm. slamming it out you're you don't have a lot of time like i said you're you have strict deadlines very tight deadlines and you typically sign contracts that are so restrictive that either prevent you from working within the same field with competitors or you can't use you don't get bylines, which for writers everything. Oh, is.
0: And, and for our listeners to define oh. what a byline is.
1: Byline is where your name is affiliated with your content. So yeah. if I write a blog post and it's going to be published on a site, I would want my name with that with that blog post so that I can share it and market it as well. It helps the client, but it helps me with my portfolio. Exactly. And that's where I really didn't know what I was doing for years. And had written all of this content oh, wow. didn't have bylines, and with some clients I couldn't use the clips in my portfolio to showcase my work. Oh my goodness! Which ultimately hurts you as a writer. Oh,
0: definitely. So, I mean, it's, I mean that's your I mean, that's your content gold right there, and if you're restricted from showing it, I mean, wh- uh, what else is there, right? I mean, how else can you show yeah, your work? That's yeah, oh my I'm, goodness.
1: I'm not. I don't have so much pride that I can't say. This was this is such a huge thing for other creatives to know, and again, not just writers. It could be freelance with um, web work mm-hmm. or any any type of content produced where you need to maintain a portfolio, and you really need. To, and there's gonna be clients where you're not gonna have your name affiliated with with the work, but for the most part, as a writer, you need the bylines, and whether you guest blog. And if if you're not getting it with clients, say you need the work and you're not going to get it with the client that you're working with, you, in the meantime, need to be guest posting on other sites and getting your bylines so that you've got those clips. Yeah. That's really, it's huge.
0: Let's shift gears a little bit. So you mentioned that, you know, you didn't exactly have a a light bulb moment, but you, you have, you Got to your tipping point where you said enough is enough. And so what changed? Was it your mindset for, I mean, because yes. you talked about the scarcity mindset, which I think a yes. lot of people have. I mean, writers, content creators, entrepreneurs, it's its something that a lot of people struggle with. And yes. um, talk about how that changed for you and what it changed towards.
1: It, what it changed for me during the time frame when I was writing all of this very kind of negative content and it was, it was bringing me down Mm -hmm. to the point where I wasn't excited about writing. I wasn't excited about waking up and, you know, writing for the day um, that it killed my spark. And that's when I knew that I had to shift Mm -hmm. my mindset shifted where I knew that this wasn't, it wasn't benefiting me. It wasn't benefiting my future. It wasn't benefiting my writing And I lost the spark to write. And as a writer, that's your life.
0: That's everything, right?
1: And I actually was contemplating just completely leaving it behind Mm -hmm. and going to something else. I was at that point where I was just like, I don't know if this is even what I want to do anymore. If it's going to kill what I love, which is my passion, which is writing. So that was it. It was either make a drastic change or make a drastic change in terms of my writing or find something else. Yeah. And drastic change. Pick the change because I'm not going to give up on what I love.
0: Yeah. And so talk about what your mindset is today and and kind of what you shifted towards.
1: The shift has been towards just pitching clients that I want to work with.
0: Mm. Keyword. Uh, I I love that. And you emphasize it, that I want to work with.
1: And then also having... Clients coming to me that are quality clients because when I shifted my mindset, I am now getting clients coming to me where I'm not even, I don't even, I'm not even doing anything. (laughs) They're coming to me, (laughs) and they're saying we want to work with you, and I'm saying, let's see if this is going to be a good fit.
0: Yeah, it's
1: it's a 180. it's an absolute 180.
0: Yeah, and I think for moving forward, listeners, this is so important, Pam. I mean how important is mindset? I I I talk about everything. it a lot, but I I really do believe everything is there. It's it's not about, you know, to a certain extent it's the skills that you have, it's the knowledge that you have, but really I think it all begins with mindset.
1: It is the mindset. I mean, and and you know what? I've read the books, I've heard it said a million times, I've listened to the TED talks, but I when I looked at my own life and I realized what I was doing and with that content that I was writing, I wasn't applying it to me. I was like, Oh, this makes sense. This makes sense. But when I took a hard look at myself and what I was doing and what I wasn't doing, it wasn't adding up yeah. and, and it to move forward, you've got to have the right mindset. <laughs> Great
0: phrase. I like it.
1: <laughs> gotta have it. Cause yeah. if you don't, you're, you know, and I'm, I'm not saying you're not going to have setbacks. There's not going to be roadblocks. You know, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to fail a little bit, but, that's all part of the journey, but if you're headed in the right direction, and you have the right frame of mind, yeah, it's gonna fall. In, it's gonna fall together. I mean, that's. I
0: absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Pam, are you ready for the knowledge burst session? Yes. I'm All right. Ready. Let's do it. I'm going to tweak this just a bit and moving forward, listeners. So excited because sure. Pam's going to share some great tips on writing, on being a freelance writer. So, first question for you, Pam share one really great tip for our listeners to start freelance writing and getting more of their written content out there.
1: First, and this is going to sound, I don't know, because I just dove into my career. I dove into it. Mm-hmm. What I would suggest is if you have another job, And you're thinking about becoming a full-time freelance writer, keep your job Mm -hmm. and start writing. Yeah. So just start blogging. You can start your own blog. You can start your own blog for free at WordPress.com. Honestly, that's what I did. That's what I've started. I'm going to transition over to a paid site, but start writing.
0: Do you recommend starting on your own blog or pitching yourself to other blogs?
1: I think there's something about getting some experience writing for yourself, because yeah. this is, this is why I say this. I, I immediately started writing and I didn't have some type of definition for myself as to the direction mm-hmm. I wanted to go in and what I wanted to do. So when I jumped into other clients content, I didn't ultimately have any idea what I was interested in, what I wanted to do long-term. So find myself here where I'm redefining that. If you have some sense of direction when you start and about topics that you're passionate about and and when you are looking for your niche with as a writer, you kind of need to have that niche because yeah. that's what's going to help land you the work when you become an expert in your area. If you start dabbling, you know, say you I happen to also love Walt Disney World, <laughs> so this might seem <laughs> I couldn't off topic, tell from your Twitter profile. <laughs> but I'm a writer who loves writing about higher ed and mindfulness and healthy living, but I also love Walt Disney World, so I'm doing an experiment for myself that I'm going to start writing about Walt Disney World. I love it. So if you're starting out, pick a few different topics that can be random and and write maybe five blog posts in each subject area that Fantastic. you're thinking about, you know, that you want to pitch. Yeah. And go from there. After you do that, say, you know what, this particular subject, can I see myself for the next five years writing, mm. you know, like about that. tech? And if it's not your thing, which for me, I know it's not my thing, pick a different subject area that interests you. I love and, it. And then go from there. And then And another thing that I did recently was I'm big into mindfulness Mm -hmm. and being focused in now. And I pitched someone who has a fantastic website all about mindfulness, productivity, uh, personal development. And he was like, you know what? Yeah, please write some articles for my site. I'll give you a byline And, and then start pitching. And you pitch sites, take a look at the site. Check it out. See if it's something that aligns with your, just what you believe in, and then pitch them. That's another tip. Don't oh,
0: fantastic.
1: Don't just don't accept any offer that you get. Whatever, check and vet them. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think mean that's you, important. Like yes, and that that's another thing that I found with checking out the website and making sure that you align. Um, so write some content.
0: I love it. It can be random. I, And I, I love that you broke it down so nicely. Start with five articles on a particular topic, and then can you picture yourself writing that for five years? So I don't know if that was intentional, but there's something with the number five that actually I think is actually I love really five. good advice. Yeah, it's a I great.
1: love odd numbers. Three, five, or seven. Take your pick.
0: <laughs> uh, seven for me. But still, I think that's great advice. Start by writing a few articles in a particular area, and then see if you it really, really keeps your, your interest and your passion that you could picture doing it for the same number of years. Well, Pam, share with our listeners, do you have a favorite app, website, or productivity practice when it comes to writing?
1: I have a few, but oh, I will tell you it. the productivity tip for writing that has been my number one. Yes. And, and if you are a perfectionist like me, <laughs> you must do this.
0: You're also really good at building suspense, by the way. I love the way your <laughs> okay. voice just kind of like draws it out. So
1: That's good, but it's true. And again, personal experience for perfectionists. And when you're a writer, I will say this. It's not the best to be a perfectionist. It goes counterintuitive to writing. Mm-hmm. I use a technique that some people may have heard of called the Pomodoro technique. Ah, uh,
0: yes. Yes. And, oh, and share my
1: with our gosh. listeners
0: what it is. I've had a couple of guests share that. It sounds best. pretty amazing. And please, uh, for our guests who may not be familiar with it.
1: I tweak it. So... I will set I use my computer there's an app actually I don't know what app it is I just pick a random app on my alarm app on my computer I set it for 20 to 25 minutes I write with no editing and no editing is the key just don't edit write like crazy at the end of the 20 25 minutes I take a short 3 to 5 minute break I actually use that break to post on Instagram or update my Twitter. Mm. I don't get sucked in. I say one one post and that's it. And then I get set the time on my computer, the alarm, jump back in twenty to twenty five minutes. I love it. And then the main key is no editing because if you're a perfectionist <laughs> and you start reviewing what you've written, it kills the vibe. It yeah. just kills the vibe. You just have to maintain and just do it and then go back and edit later.
0: I love it. I absolutely love it. It's a great mindset practice as well as a productivity hack. Well, Pam, share with our listeners, how do you recharge your batteries or reboot when you feel like you've hit a roadblock or maybe writer's block or you're up against the wall?
1: For me, I, I've got to get outside. I'm, I'm a nature person, preferably near water. Um, I live near an area where we have lakes. I need to. I just need to get outside. I need to get outside. I need to walk. And decompress and be in a garden. That's, that's my number one way. And spending time with family. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Big priority. Playing board games. We're, we're old school. We like to hit <laughs> up it. Monopoly and Clue and, you know.
0: Yeah, those are great. Hey, Moving Forward listeners. You can find links to many of the books and resources mentioned by today's guest, along with offers to try out Audible and Amazon Prime. These are affiliate links for which I receive a small commission, which helps the podcast and is greatly appreciated. You can find these on the write-up for today's episode at com. Well, Pam, are you ready to do a little time travel? I am. All right, we're going to go back, and you can pick the period, maybe – Let's say you're going to visit your past self maybe during that really low point where you were uh, you know, working at a content mill and just not happy with the, the writing that you were doing and it was just sucking the life out of you. What is one piece of advice that you would give to your past self?
1: This is the thing. I was driving past a construction site. Mm-hmm. This, this will tie into the writing. Absolutely. I was with my dad and we were driving past the construction site. And there were orange cones and there was detour signs in the road. Mm. And we, there were a lot of traffic starting to get a little irritated, you know. And it hit me at that moment that the orange cones and the roadblocks and with writing for the content mills and writing all these things that you get sucked into that you really don't want to, but you think you have to for the pay, that I would I used to see the orange cones as just a complete roadblock. And I had trouble pushing past it and in that moment driving in the car, I realized that those roadblocks and the setbacks and writing for the content mills that they're part of the journey mm-hmm. and they're part of your success and instead of seeing success as a point to be reached you realize that it's every single orange cone and it's every wow. single roadblock and those are the teachers that help you to eventually they're thriving and it's the success. It's the now. It's the writing for the content mill and then them realizing, oh, my gosh, I can do more. Mm. And you start pitching for the guest posts with the bylines. That's it. That's, yeah. that's pretty much it.
0: So you would tell your past self, just stay the course and don't, don't give up. Stay the
1: course yeah. and see the setbacks as success instead of getting stuck.
0: And, and here's the flip side, though, Pam. How would your past self have responded to that perspective and advice?
1: <laughs> I think my past self heard this advice i've read i'm a i'm a reader I'm yes. a crazy avid reader. I consumed this advice, but I just didn't have the confidence. The bottom bottom line was I didn't believe enough in myself to do it mm. so there's something to be said for. Whatever you have to do to believe in yourself, do it. Whether you got to put a post-it note on the bathroom mirror every single morning or you need, you know, an affirmation to be texted to your phone, whatever you need to do, do it because you have to believe in yourself in order to do it.
0: Absolutely. Well, Pam, how can our listeners connect with you and learn about all the great work that you're doing?
1: I love Twitter. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. Those are my two favorite platforms at Pam Rosso and I'm also on Facebook, Google Plus, LinkedIn, and then I have a website for right now. It's a WordPress.com. It's pamrosso.wordpress.com. But Twitter and um Insta are my favorites. So. I
0: love it. And we'll have all of that on the write up. Well, Pam, I would love to have you close out the show. So uh, you know, I know this may be this may be either you'll relish this or you'll you'll hate this, but three to five words. What parting wisdom do you want to pass on to moving forward listeners?
1: My tagline moving forward for me is thrive don't survive oh
0: i love that one thrive don't survive i love it absolutely and it really goes back to what you were talking about with having the right mindset pam i want to thank you so much for an incredible interview for coming on today to share your story and your knowledge bursts so that our listeners can be inspired to move forward
1: Thank you so much, John. It's been fantastic.
0: I loved it. And Moving Forward listeners, one more time, you can check it out at BeMovingForward.com. Follow us on social, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, at BeMovingForward. Join us next Tuesday for another extraordinary guest. Have a great week. And remember, always be moving forward. Now it's time for you to move forward and unlock the extraordinary in you. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and Bali Solutions, LLC. All rights reserved.